Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. For joining the Wrestling with the Willies podcast, we're talking about WrestleMania Night 2. Okay. And then at least they didn't have a kickoff show tonight. But what did you guys uh, think about the fir- opening match? What was the first match again? <laughs> I don't remember. Charlotte and... Wasn't it Charlotte? Oh, yeah, it was Charlotte and Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Ripley. And wow. from what I hear is that Rhea Ripley came out in Vegeta gear, or at least Super Saiyan gear. That's why it was like uh, old blue and white. I was wondering why her her wrestling attire was different, but then I'm not a Dragon Ball fan, so I wouldn't have caught that. Now, yeah, my I thought it was kind of you know, weird because she always wears like black and gray or some shit because it's always metal. Yeah, I was uh, why it was infused different. type shit, but I didn't really give it that much thought. Yeah, like still, this match was pretty good for what it was, though. But I still think that the wrong person went over. I think everybody's in agreement with that anyway yeah what the fuck has why does charlotte win on pretty much every pay-per-view she's on i don't know if i've seen Especially her wrestlemania yeah i mean it's last wrestlemania well she yeah i was there she lost last wrestlemania no she won last wrestlemania she beat oscar last and last year becky became becky two belts at the last wrestlemania oh I yeah there- shit i forgot about that yeah <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that like, one. I was there, dude. I saw it with my own eyes. I I, I got sure to see. I forgot Becky Dale two belts. One out of the last what thirty pay per views she's been on. I mean, she wins yeah, more than she loses, and I don't. Yeah, if you look up her record, she's probably had the highest like pay per view win streak out of everybody. She'll so also far. say she's had the most losses on pay per view, but that's because she's been on the most pay per views. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I'm actually just tired of my personally. I think I I don't really think it's Charlotte's fault. I think it's WWE's fault. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I'm not a, you know. I'm not a professional analysis person of wrestling. I just, you know, as a general fan, I just think, I feel like she kind of falls under that Roman Reigns thing that he had a couple years ago before the leukemia where they were pushing him to the moon, even though nobody was full. Like, stop I pushing also think, her down my throat. I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I feel like she's kind of being pushed down the throats now, like, perfect, like, the other wrestling websites that are out there will probably wouldn't agree with me because I'm just, you know, average Joe. 
um, honestly, watching this. And I think the match was really good. I love Rhea Ripley the few times I've seen her because I don't really watch NXT. It's not that I don't like NXT. I probably would love it. I just, I get off work. By the time I got home, it's over. So, you know, I didn't, and I don't really, I watch, I use the network for the pay-per-views, even though I should probably watch the shows, but I'm usually just too tired and mentally drained after work. I just kind of want something to laugh at and nothing to get the adrenaline going, I guess. Well, she's 130 and she's lost 19 on pay-per-views. And that's uh, so. Uh, once again, I also think that it has something to do with like. I think that yeah, it is. She she's like Roman Reigns, but I I honestly think that she wrestles better than Roman Reigns, and at least they gave her the option to be a heel. I think they would be like more behind Roman Reigns if they would have just pushed him heel instead of had him be a face for like the past five or six years. But, like, definitely, I could see that the only reason why they would be putting Charlotte to go over in this match is that way she could go to NXT and then get people to, like, get people watching on there. Because, obviously, Finn Balor going to the show and everything else, like, they're, like, worried about AEW, like, losing ratings all the time. Which I don't think Charlotte's going to fucking help matters at all. I don't. Like going there. Uh, I mean, if I wasn't watching NXT before, Charlotte being there isn't going to make me watch NXT. Yeah, and the That's main reason feel. why, and the main reason why a lot of people aren't watching WWE so much right now, even though that NXT is probably their best show, just because they don't do a whole lot of stale shit on their uh, shows most of the time, and they don't show people every single week i mean like i think undisputed era is like one of the main groups that they show on nxt but they don't like do it every single like show like they'll have them come in and like sabotage people or whatever but they don't do a promo every show they don't do a wrestling match every show and stuff and so like, on and so forth yeah, like they, they did like charlotte them. and roman and baron corbin and everybody that's on the main roster. So, I mean, like, I definitely think that this was kind of slow in the beginning, but I love the the uh, the knee work that uh, Charlotte was doing the whole time. Like, the only thing is, like, I love the uh, – I like the match, but then knowing that I had a feeling Charlotte was going to win no matter what, like, uh, I think that took me out of, like, giving a shit about this I, match I, because it was like, why should I care? Because I already know that they're going to push Charlotte. Yeah, I was on autopilot after about two minutes. I was like, Charlotte's going to win. Why am I, Why do I care? Like, I, I like I, the yeah. physicality of, Ripley. sorry. She's a great wrestler. She's, I, I'm not afraid to say it, she's gorgeous. <laughs> like, and like. Yeah, she is. She's just fun to yeah. watch. Like. And she's different. It's like her and Paige and shit and like some of the other people. It's like, yeah, uh, obviously Vince has a thing for blondes because he pushes the blondes to the moon and can't say that so much with everybody else because, I mean, they they pushed AJ pretty far when they were in WWE and the same with uh, Paige and stuff like that. They gave her like a bunch of title shots, but like 
and you kind of see that he does go more like after the good-looking blonde chicks rather than like anybody else. Yeah, but I wouldn't like, say that's why Charlotte Tina Flair is attractive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think she's pretty, but I don't think I'm like compared to everybody else on the roster, I'm like all the other females, it's like nah. Yeah, it's like I think she's just oh, under Ric Flair's jock. So I mean, it's. Yeah, and meaning she's Ric Flair's daughter, so I mean, yeah. I think that's the reason she gets pushed the way WWE she does. WWE does do st- like they put legacy talent on a pedestal, and sometimes it's like it makes sense. Sometimes it's just like really, like with Randy Orton, it makes sense because yeah. he's a great performer when he chooses when he's when he's got a meaty. Yeah, role, but not at the beginning. He can perform when he first started. He was um, like, I mean, when he first started, they were pushing him super bad. Whenever like he first started too, they were having him on TV all the time, and that's one of the main things that kill me about the promos that some of the people do, like John Cena and shit. It's like they'll sit there and talk about like, oh yeah, you're like crap in the ring and this and that, and then Charlotte will say that too. Like she'll be like, oh yeah, you ain't nothing. Or they'll, uh, or like she says, oh, because my dad was Ric Flair, I had to work ten times harder than these other people did. I'm like full of shit. She got her you shot got because she reigns. was Ric Flair's kid. It's like, well, that's what I'm saying. She's had ten reigns, ten reigns already with the uh, with the main ones, like with the female uh, Raw and SmackDown ones, and then she's been like two or three times for the NXT belt. And do you see that with Sasha Banks? No, she ain't even whiffing the championship right now. She was in the, she was on WrestleMania today, but like, and she wasn't even a wrestling match for like maybe six months ago. So it's like, it doesn't work the same way. And it show, definitely shows that they were leaning towards Charlotte. And they do this a lot. I I mean I figured Charlotte was going to win because they want to move her to eight, they want to move her to NXT. I still wanted Rhea to win because I think Rhea needed a longer title reign. Now I do hope that this progresses down the line and maybe Charlotte and Rhea have a rematch at the next takeover whenever that is. Well, and what's the, give but an opportunity I for understand Rhea to win it back. The whole thing about moving Charlotte to NXT but why? To boost that's ratings, the only, because yeah, that's, that's why, the only thing that do I they think really of, think that, that they want to boost I mean, ratings? Did for NXT's it. ratings go up when Charlotte was on there? A couple of yeah, weeks? It, I think it did. I think I remember reading that it did. If anything, it didn't boost it that much because I mean, AEW is doing like getting close to a million viewers every single week, and it seems like NXT's has been going down. Since then, like, like they've lost. Like, I think they were saying the last time this was before this past AEW Dynamite. I think they were thirteen and zero, or thirteen and one, or two, or something like that to NXT right now. Like, they're just like they're dominating their ratings right now. So, I mean, that's the only thing that I could think of is that they're moving her over there to get faces over there, that doesn't mean that it's going to work. It's like the gender thing. They put the title on a jobber for, like, 
six or eight months or whatever, thinking that their Indian stuff was gonna work, and it and it didn't work. And, and you try like a lot of people are like thankful knowing the gender won the belt, but to me it didn't make any sense. You're trying to tell me he beat Shinsuke Nakamura, but anyway, that's like me going off on a tangent, like talking about crazy bullshit, like all the time with their fucking idea uh, ideas on this stuff but okay we'll just go to the ratings for this match anyway i honestly thought that it was probably like middle of the road like two and a half stars to like a three just because it was good but it could have been better i would have probably rated it higher if like Rhea ripley like won because i think she could have uh achieved more from the victory than charlotte but i mean you could tell who they like to fucking push no matter what it is. So, um, who else wants to join in and give I the ratings? Just gonna... I say it? What? Sorry, Steven. Oh, Go ahead. I was just going to give it a, Go ahead. a three because uh, it could have been a four. Like, if Rhea Ripley won, I think it would have been a four for me. But I think it's just an average match because, uh, I mean, the storytelling was great with what Charlotte was doing to Rhea's knee. And basically, it still made Rhea Ripley look strong, even though she lost. But the one thing that was weird to me is the the way they closed the match. I didn't think Rhea Ripley was tapping out. I thought she was punching Charlotte in the knee, trying to get her to, like, loosen her grip. And then they were like, oh, she tapped out. And I was like, wait, what? So, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. And they've done that a few times, like where they've met, made it look like they were still fighting, but they weren't. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, Joe, I I liked it. I, it's a solid three for me. I didn't not. I'm, I'm not happy with the outcome, but I expected it. Um, I like Rhea Ripley. The few times that I've seen her perform, so I I think she's got talent. I'm not a big Charlotte fan. I never really have been. Um, I don't know why I don't like her. I just don't. Maybe because it's the Roman Reigns treatment, and that's just my personal view on it, that I, I get that feeling. But I don't think she's she's only been on the roster for, what, three or four years, the main roster. I can't remember exactly when she got called up. But she's already had 10 title reigns, and if that's even including her NXT ones, then, I mean, that's a lot of title reigns for a short time. And I don't get the the number thing because Ric Flair's was accumulated over decades. Hers has been like less than five years. And, and so I, I don't get that. It's a, it, it's a solid three for me. And I'm going to go off on a tangent but just because I really wanted Rhea to retain because I thought this was a feud they could keep going into SummerSlam or the next NXT takeover. And um, I do want to point out that I was looking, I did bring up the, uh, the, the matches for tonight and there actually was a kickoff show that had Natalia and Liv Morgan in a match but since we didn't watch the kickoff show we of course will not be commenting on that wow and Liv Morgan actually defeated Natalia that seems kind of dorky I don't, but, okay. oh, I, I, I didn't know I just saw the match I, I, just I don't have the results. the results anyway yeah because I was double checking to make sure <clears throat> She started. She and, she started wrestling in 2014, July of 2014 on NXT, and, and, and yeah, so and then, five years she's already gotten ten title 
on like well, uh, and her first was in December, so it took her five months to yeah win the NXT Women's Title. It's like, oh no, oh, so you're what's her average title reign? Like two months. Well, uh, for that time, it was like for five months, I think it was where it was flip-flopping between her and Sasha for like a good five months, where it was like one pay-per-view, like it was uh, Charlotte that won, and then the next pay-per-view, or like on a Raw, Sasha Banks beat her, and then go to the pay-per-view and the so- uh, Charlotte would beat her again. That happened like three or four times in a row. I don't remember which pay-per-views. I think it was like Hell in a Cell. Well, you're talking about when she got called up, though. She got called up in in 2015. In uh, September of 2015. So, yeah, just barely. Just barely. I forgot who she even lost. Barely a year. For the NXT one, I think. So, uh, basically, she's like the R-Truth. Of the women's division, she just and has she like won fifty six. Uh, a month later, lanes. yeah, I'm a month you, later, I'm she won the like, divas title from Nikki Bella in October at Hell in a Cell. Then, then she beat she pa- then she beat it. Paige in November, and uh, like yeah, for the, well, this is at a live thing, and then a bunch of defenses against people at live events. And then Survivor Series, she beat Paige. On Raw, she it was a draw to Paige the next night. Let's I don't see, think we need was... to go through her entire title history. I think no, but I mean, she... another ten minutes. No, he was just telling a story like uh, them going back and forth anyway. But uh, Jeremy, did you leave a rating on the two and a half match? And okay, I yeah. well, that's my rating, but. You know, I already gave my comments. I don't care for Charlotte, never have. I don't know why she's being pushed all the time. She's not even that good when she does a promo. She tends to speak slow. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that. Oh, I have. But she'll talk very slow when she does a promo. And when she's the best, even she does her woo really slow. She'll go, woo! Yeah. Versus, you know... Uh, that might be the differentiator from her dad's, but she talks slow. Yeah, she does, and it's and it yeah. and it's annoying, and it, yeah, and I just don't understand the pushing. Uh, why she gets the opportunity she does? There must be stuff behind the scenes that she does that. I, I think I think that it has to do with the second generation thing. Like they love their um, like uh, their legacies and shit. And, like, no matter what they end up saying, they still love them, like, no matter what it is, because they push Randy Orton, like, super high. The, even Cody Rhodes, when he was in there, for a time, they were pushing him high. They were kind of putting him on the same trajectory as, like, Randy Orton at one point, because he was getting the Intercontinental belt a lot. He was getting the tag team belts a lot. And stuff like that. And it was kind of shadowing how Randy Orton was. They even put him with Randy Orton for a time. So I think it has, and like, that's the only thing that makes sense. But anyway, we'll just go off to the next match anyway, which was, um, I'm trying to remember now. Like, <laughs> wasn't it Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
and I had it out in my head, and it just instantly popped out. But yeah, I definitely like this match, even though that they didn't give them a lot of time. But I love Alistair Black. I definitely love the Strikers more than anything when it comes to the wrestling, it seems like, because I love Shinsuke. I love uh, Alistair Black. And same with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is more like a submission guy, but like he still does hard hitting kicks and everything. So it was kind of like I didn't expect that much out of this match anyway, but I actually liked how Alistair Black went over and they actually told a story with that and how it led from like Lana and everything to costing the win for Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. more than anything. So that's why I still think that it was a good like. I think it was definitely better than the like saying something too for the the first match with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. It's mostly because I like both Bobby Lashley and Aleister Black, but I think Bobby Lashley needs to be like the guy that he was in TNA, where he was just getting all the belts. Like at one point, he had all of them. He had the their television belt, their main belt. Uh, they, I think they had the King of the Mountain belt at one point, and they called it something else. I don't remember the whole thing. But he had, like, five at the same time where he had, like, even the tag team belts. I think he had both of them. <laughs> so I think that was what fit his character the most, especially with the UFC background. Or not UFC, but MMA background. So with this, I thought it was cool anyway. It, showed a contrast between their wrestling and everything but still I think that it was still better than the other one so I would say like a three star like type of thing but what about you guys I enjoyed this match I think it's a solid three stars uh, I like both wrestlers I really want more from Bobby Bobby Lashley because I feel like they brought him back when they brought him back what a year or so ago he was supposed to be this big deal and they haven't really done anything with him except for the Rusev Lana storyline which the the only person who got over on that storyline was Rusev. Yeah. And is, is he coming back? Is he signing a deal? We don't know, which sucks because I like seeing Rusev, but also I want more from Rusev and I want him to have a great career. But Bobby Lashley, they, they were supposed to put him in a feud with Brock Lesnar, which would have been amazing, but that didn't happen. And so I really feel like Bobby Lashley needs to be in the main event scene or he needs to be chasing the Intercontinental or U.S. title. I think he's on Raw, so he has to, he'd be chasing the U.S. title. I think he needs to be chasing a belt. I think, I think this match was one of those that was just thrown together due to um, circumstances with the COVID-19. But it was a good match. I like, like I said, I like both. It it went it was short. It wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. Um, I I had a feeling that the Alistair was going to go over, which because I feel like I I don't know. Um, either one of them could have gone over. I guess it would have been okay. But I feel like they're they're pushing more Alistair Black, so they want to build him up maybe to be the next Undertaker or something like that. Even though that seems to be Bray Wyatt right now. But I'm just. I'm cu- I'm curious to see what they're going to do with both these guys. I do ex- again. Bobby Lashley should be in the main event or almost to that level, at least chasing a mid card belt instead of being in lovey dovey relationship 
storylines. But um, it was a three-star match. I liked the action. It was a good match. And that's pretty, uh, That's all I got to say about it. Uh, do you want to go, Jeremy? Do you want me? Uh, either way. I've been going last all the time, so I'll just go last. Sure. Uh, I was going to give it a solid three. Uh if they if the match was given a bit more time to showcase both of their talents, I think it would have been more. But I do like Bobby Lashley and Alistair Black. I like Alistair Black more because I don't like Bobby Lashley's gimmick right now because it seems like underwhelming for the type of person that he is. But like, I like the way the match ended. I like the way that they were doing it in the middle. It like every part of this match was pretty good. I just wish it was longer so that they could showcase both of their talents a little bit more. That's it. And from my standpoint, I would give it a three as well for the same reasons that you guys have basically pointed out. But one thing I want to point out is that I don't think Bobby Lashley is not, is not the issue. I feel it's Lana. I, when I watched the whole, you know, even this match tonight, when she got up on the, you know, on the ring and started screaming, that annoyed me. And <laughs> so it was, you know, and, and again, I said this last night, but with these um, matches, this one was another one. This one lasted seven minutes and 26 seconds Yeah, that's before it ended. Right. So... You, you can't allow a lot, but this was also one, like you said, Stephen, was thrown together, it seemed like, at the last minute. I don't even remember there being any buildup for this one um, at all. Um, so that's pretty much all I got to say. The, the next match, I would say, is the one that had the most buildup, probably, of all of them. Yeah, because uh, I think they were doing that for at least, like, at least about four or five months, at least, where it was and even Otis that one didn't last Brown. very long, but yeah, like, but I mean, this one didn't really have to go long anyway. I mean, really, mm-hmm. as long as they hit the beat where uh, Mandy Rose, Otis, or whatever, you know, like they just had to hit those where she was like, "Oh my God, I'm sorry," and like helped him win against Dolph finally so like that was the main thing i think that this was like the uh, emotional victory that was the best for the night but also at the same time it was like the one that had the best story even though that i didn't really care about much i like otis just because he's super goofy but i'm like hey joe why don't you stop typing dolph hasn't done jack shit the whole time (laughs) He's like, hey, I'm trying to keep myself awake. No, I actually was, I was looking up something to, for just reference point while we talk. <laughs> but uh, and so I was trying to find it. But anyway, I would say like mine is background. like super easy for my rating is like probably a two, just because I liked it. But like I was just ready for it to be done when it happened so uh and knowing that jeremy always goes last i would say for him to go next (laughs) (laughs) really well actually i i actually you know considering this match only went eight minutes and 10 seconds i i actually think it went the proper amount of time because i don't care to watch Dolph ziggler in the ring anymore 
I so I like Otis. I like the actually I like heavy machinery period for some reason. But um Ducky. this one yeah, this one lasted as long as I think it needed to. Um like you said, Josh, they kind of pulled everything in. Sonya Deville was involved and Mandy Rose came down to take care of that. And then she got, she helped Otis win. So I'm going to give this one a three and a half. Steven, you want to go next? I'll go last. Uh, Sure. I was going to give it also a three and a half because one, I like Otis. And like Jeremy said, I like heavy machinery. They're, they're just, they just seem like good dudes doing good dude shit. And, like, I don't like Dolph Ziggler. I think his gimmick is has, like, run its course and just needs to change into something else because it's terrible. Uh, I Oh, you mean uh, Shawn Michaels point five? Like Shawn Michaels slash Axl Rose weird shit. Or, or like, straight out of the 80s, Shawn Michaels. Or like like Shawn Michaels Brett Michaels combo, yeah. Before uh, he lost his smile, he's he's uh <laughs> he's Sam's choice Shawn yeah. Michaels. So he's like he's like Shawn, but it's S E A N instead of how Shawn actually spells yeah. it. But uh, yeah, like Dolph is just like he needs to reinvent himself or something. Uh, he is like, the Doctor Ram. I like Shawn Michaels. I like uh. The the dynamic that happened between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, I like the fact that Otis won out because, like, that's what we were hoping for after this entire feud. Uh, I don't know if this will continue or if Dolph will just like try some shit and Otis will shut him down. But I think this was a solid match that didn't need to go long because, quite frankly, if you have Otis and Dolph Ziggler in a ring, Otis is going to kick the shit out of Dolph Ziggler just because he's a big dude. And you can't really stop a big dude like that when you're tiny. Uh, So, yeah, three and a half. I'm going to give it – I'm going to be the killjoy and say three stars – um, I enjoyed this match, though. The right person won. Obviously, they're going to have Otis go over. I like how um, I like how he did get the assist at the end, and and he did and he got to do the caterpillar. Uh, I like how Mandy Rose came in at the end, kind of like beat up Sonya Deville, and then distracted Dolph, if I remember correctly. Didn't she take him to Dick yeah. Kick City? Yeah. That's not really mostly because yeah, uh, and then he got the well, she punched him, didn't she? Well, like, Dolph Ziggler actually uh, taint punched him or taint kicked him, whatever. No, yeah, Dolph Dolph Ziggler dick kick cityed um, Otis, but I think I think Mandy she Rose did it to him. I have Mandy to be with his hand, with yeah, hand. punched, him. yeah. And but the right person won. I like how they. They, I like this storyline. I don't think anyone expected this storyline to like be what it was, but I mean, who doesn't love the lovable, the lovable Otis and like wants him to get the hot chick, you know? And he did. He got the girl at the yeah. end. That's like everyone yeah. to, and, to beat the bad guy and like, get the girl, and, the... and and he did it. It's a good. It's a feel good story. So I I really like this match, uh, being a big dude myself, and 
I like, I don't, like I said, I don't get to watch weekly, but I do like Otis. I like Heavy Machinery. I kind of was pulling for them in the Elimination Chamber match they were in, even though they probably weren't going to win. I like that he got the girl. I like how they kissed and they walked off, like fairy tale ending. Whether or not this is the end of the feud remains to be seen. But I do hope if they have another match, may, may it be at Smack, um, not SmackDown, but uh, SummerSlam or something, because that's the next big one. And I like to see like maybe a mixed tag match between the two with Otis and Mandy and Sonya and Dolph. I'm not a big fan of Dolph Ziggler. I feel bad because I think he's really talented. But when one of his finishers is the Famouser, but from Billy Gunn, and he does Shawn Michaels super kick, I really feel like, and I've been saying this for years. I think he needs a re- he needs to change it up. When he first started coming out with no music, I thought that was like, all right, they're going to do something cool with his character. But I think he's really stale. He's been like the same since. Vicky Guerrero was his manager. And I don't it's think like that, dude needs to change. I don't think that that's so much his fault. I think that could be like uh WWE's fault because I mean like to a degree. I'm not saying that everything's like WWE's fault or Vince's fault or whatever, but like I definitely think that he is just stuck like being comfortable with where he is in his character right now. And he's probably tried to pitch stuff like to Vince, and then he's shot it down. And he's like, This is who you are, whatever. But, like, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with it. Like, he needs different music, he needs a different finisher. But, uh, I definitely think that I'm like, that's what I'm saying. This could be like a nice bookend between them, like, if they wanted to finish. Like uh, the feud after this, you know, that he finally got the girl and all that stuff. But uh, I definitely think that it was good where they left it, uh, like for this. And it hopefully, uh, I'm just surprised that they actually finished it where they did, where every and like everything worked out in the end, where they didn't try to do something stupid. But uh, I'll say that uh, no, no, we might as well talk about the best match of the night, I should say, which was Edge versus Orton in their last fan, uh, man standing match. This was a long match. <laughs> it was pretty long. It was man. the longest match on the card. According to GameSpot. Yeah, that's a, I just got that off GameSpot. They said, yeah, this was the longest match on the card, which I guess it needed the most time to allow this the story to build. This is Edge's first match back since the Royal Rumble, which I don't know if you count the Royal Rumble as a match. Yeah, it's I would say event. that this was like um, it's not your match match. He uh, had to retire from when he went against Alberto Del Rio. And what was it? WrestleMania 20-something. I don't remember which number it was. But it was the one where he went against Alberto Del Rio for the championship. And then he won. And then he elbow-dropped the car. Like, he elbow-dropped onto, like, Alberto Del Rio's car. And then the next night on Raw, he had to retire. So, I... I I don't remember like the match because I wasn't really really watching at that time, but I do remember um, his speech 
And that was really touch, really sad because I followed him in the attitude area when it was him in attitude area, when it was him and Christian. So to get to see him come back and that was awesome. So I was, I really like this match. I'm going to give this one four stars. Uh, really brutal match. Uh, you could really see how drenched in sweat both men were from the work they put into this match. Like it looked like the sweat was soaking through edges pants. That's how sweaty he was. I mean, course, Randy threw some water on his head at one point. So it gets a little much, but even before that he was like dripping. Um, he, they, and they both were less red than Brock Lesnar yeah. on face. So, you know, Hey, cardio, but, um, <laughs> says the fat guy sitting in a computer chair, but, um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, it was entertaining. I thought it did go a little bit longer than I anticipated. I thought the uh, spot from the he climbed the ladder and jumped down and through the table. I thought that was going to be the end of it. Um, so I, I think it went just a little too long, but I kind of get what they were trying to do. And the right person won. I mean, if the only reason I would see Randy going over was to continue the feud, but even with Edge going over, this feud kind of like builds itself. So it's it's. It, it's a story that writes itself so they could actually go on and probably have a next match at SummerSlam and then maybe at Survivor Series or the Rumble next year. But it was a, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I thought it went a little too long near the end, but um, it was still entertaining. So I give it four. It was definitely the best match. Yeah, of the night. definitely. Like, uh, like I was saying earlier when we were just in the party chat or whatever, I thought that it took a long time for them to get set up into all their spots. And it still kept, I, uh, kept feeling like they were doing a little bit too slow for like a lot of the moves, which took me out of it. But then when they started doing all their big moves, and of course I'm worried about like certain things. I'm like, hopefully he didn't hurt himself because how, how he's back. And then he's been, and like he's went through all these neck surgeries and all this shit. So, like, I'm still worried for Edge to be able to be fine, but anybody, the safe worker that he could be with would have been Edge anyway. Or uh, Orton, I mean. But uh, what's it called? I, I definitely thought that, because I didn't see any of the story, like some of the stuff that they were talking about with Beth Phoenix and everything. So, like, I liked how it was, like, hit... hit uh, Orton's rationale was just like he was just like I want you to be back with your kids I'm, I'm like you need to be I'm gonna put you out from wrestling again because I want you to be with your kids and I'm like that um, that made sense to me I'm like, it was to a very degree. interesting not healy kind of heel move yeah like, well, like to explain the story which is totally not what they usually do with this sort of like it's like batista's last match l- last year where he was like give me what i want and he was clearly in the heel and he wanted to get into his match with triple h that was the only reason why they did that so i liked the way that they did it and i like the way like, that, that led into the way that the match ended like yeah, it like there was just a whole lot of solid storytelling there, uh, cause and cause I mean I thought quite frankly that the last man standing match was gonna go short because the way that it started like Randy Orton came out of nowhere and just RKO'd the shit out of Edge, and then like 
two seconds Ice. later, he did it again. And I yeah. was like, is this going to be like the shortest last man standing match in the history of WWE? What's going on? Yeah. And then it was like, it kept building and building and building. And these guys were just kicking the crap out of each other. And then we went on the backstage tour of the WWE Performance Center for like half an hour. And then like... The main spot that I was worried about Orton was when he like kicked the dumbbell or like the weight. Yeah, when he (laughs) like when he drop kicked him with the weight in his chest, and I was like, "Oh, hopefully Orton's off okay off of that one." Because it looked like it could have been real bad, like if he didn't land the right way or whatever. Yeah, he was like straight to the face. But yeah, like I think that the elbow drop off the uh, onto the table thing, and even the spears and the RKOs on top of the the truck, when they got up to the were top not of the nearly truck, as bad as that one was. When they got up to the top of the truck, I was like, "Oh no, this is gonna be bad." And then, like, it wasn't nearly as bad as they thought. And then when it was like right at the very end, and it was like Randy Orton was like straight up down. And they start counting them out, and Edge tells the ref to stop counting so that he can do the double chair thing and basically take Randy completely out of the equation. Just to be like talking to him and be like, don't you ever pull this kind of shit again? Like, I thought that was like crazy. And, and just having that be the way that it ended, I would give it more than this. Because it was fantastic. But I think I'm going to go with uh, four and a half. (laughs) Just because it was a lot of storytelling. A lot of great spots. Two great dudes to know how to handle themselves in a ring. And even outside of one. And they just put on a great show. I do think it went a little longer. Or else it would have been like full on five craziness. But like. I think it was freaking great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think mine would be four stars just because, like, it was easily the best workable wrestling match on the card out of all the matches. But, like, uh, I wouldn't say that it's my all-time favorite. Like, if I, like if we are ranking, like, WrestleMania matches, period. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, still good, like, high up there. Like, what about you, Jeremy? Um, my rating is four stars because I don't feel it was the best match of, well, best segment is what I'm going to say of the night. Um, and it definitely was not as good as the Boneyard match last night. So, um, but I agree with all the sentiments of my friends on the podcast here. So I don't really have much else to say. I feel that it did, like everybody else said, pretty much it lasted a little too long. I was worried at the beginning that it was going to be short based on how it started. So I'm glad it actually went longer, but I think it actually went longer than it needed to. Um, but besides that, I give it four stars. Yeah. But uh, what's it called? Do you know uh, what, the... what was that, Joe? I was going to make a joke. Do you all know what the shortest match on the card was? was? probably Lesnar's, I would think. Yeah. 
420. <laughs> yeah. well, or or uh, the, the next the one that I was going to talk about. Charlotte. I don't know if you would consider that really. Charlotte match, was though. the second one. Like the uh, Rob Gronkowski becoming the 24 7 championship. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's but not really. That's just those segments somewhat, all the time. Those segments are somewhat lame. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, they are, and like it's funny how they and like depending on the champion, they get to, to suspend the rules or not. That's just a dumb way of doing it, but that's just my thoughts. Yeah. But also at the same time, uh, uh, we get a continuation of the tag team uh, championship match. Or I don't know if it was for the championships that were on Raw. I think it was. Where the Street Profits were went against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Yeah. I don't know if it was for the belts then. Yeah, that I was. No, it was for the belts tonight. Oh. But and definitely, I like this one. I love the Street Profits anyway, and I think Austin Theory is pretty cool. I think that his promo abilities need to be a little bit better. But like they, uh, they obviously like him. Like, I think that uh, Triple H probably has a high thing for him because I think he came from Evolve. And then I don't know for sure if, like, if they signed him to a contract or not. But Angel Garza is pretty cool, though. And definitely he could play a fucking heel pretty good. He's more like uh, kind of like the showboaty heel that uh, kind of like Alberto Del Rio was kind of. Like, if they took away the money, that would be like Angel Garza. He reminds me of Eddie Guerrero, actually, dude. Yeah, That's... he does, too. Yeah. Even, even as reminded me of Eddie way Guerrero. he sits on the turnbuckle. Yeah, that is true. But, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with what you said. I'm just adding another name in there that he reminds me yeah. of. Yeah, I, I agree. The v- like, Viva uh, La Raza one. When he was the light sheet and steel yeah. version of him, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was the best Eddie. Anyway, I mean, I loved him in uh, what's it called in WCW, but light sheet steel Eddie was like the best, just because he was able to like be goofy as shit and everything. But anyway, I definitely liked this uh, tag team match. It wasn't like my favorite compared to like all the other. That's it. Seems like a current theme for me is that all of them are like good matches but not my favorite <laughs> so like uh, this one was probably like a three just like right in the middle just because like uh, or actually uh, maybe a two for me just because they repeated it from raw and it's like something that i could have watched on raw so it's like it didn't have no stakes or anything for me. Like, if they would have had them go against, like, some other team like they had in NXT or something, like, where you never saw them going against each other, like, it would have probably made more sense than doing this match again. So, that's what I think about this. But what about you guys? Not everybody at once. <laughs> everybody all at once. Did you give your rating? <laughs> Damn, man. I, I I like this match. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I like how at the end when the Austin Theory and Angel Garza were attacking the Street Profits, I like how Bianca Belair came out and 
rescued her husband. Yeah, and I wonder if she's going to be pulling pull a, a link into their group, like on Raw or something. That'd be pretty cool. And that would be pretty cool. So I like how she came out and did that. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, this was a good match. I'm going to give it a three. It's a middle. It's a good match. It wasn't match of the night, but it was it was a really good match. Both teams could go. You know, it was it was good. It was it WrestleMania match. Well, probably well, not. Was, but it was still a really good, entertaining match. Times during the match that it was well, WrestleMania. <laughs> the she had to remind us because we kept forgetting. And then, but they no, I, <laughs> I kid. I just meant. I just meant. I feel like. I feel like the Street Profits do deserve a really good WrestleMania moment just because how charismatic they are. This wasn't. A but great just match. like the match itself didn't. It wasn't a great match. It was a good match. But it's not that at the it's not the fault of any of the performers. I think they both did really well. I think it's just circumstances of the way the world is right now that they it would be harder for them to enjoy or have that over yeah. the top match. It was a good match. It was yeah. easily three stars in my book. I was gonna say the same thing. And I, I liked it. I, I, I loved the ending because uh it is time for Liam to go to bed. Uh, okay. And then they're <laughs> all right, fair enough. But uh just uh, Bianca Belair coming in and and Montez Ford like looking at her like, "Hey, bitch, what's going on?" <laughs> when she came, yeah, like he was just like, hey, "Yeah, what's up? <laughs> the yeah. way he was crawling over to it, her instead." It had great that was moments, pretty funny, but it wasn't like the world's greatest match, and it and it kind of didn't feel like a WrestleMania match, which a couple of the matches like both last night and tonight felt like that. So, I mean, just the feel of it is the, the reason I'm, yeah, the reason I'm forgiving is because of the cir- circumstances. Yeah. So, and now know that, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it is kind of distracting, but, uh, Jeremy, are you, I'm like, are you over there? Or are you, uh, are yeah, you done punishing you? your your background <laughs> noise? The, 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 yeah, I'm, the, it's, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. the funny thing is, is this is a match I actually don't have a rating for because I did not actually see it. Um, I was, I was, I had to. Oh, use that's the right. This is when you were to use the taking care of the actually, kids yeah. at the pool. So, twenty-seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this match only lasted eight or six minutes and twenty-three seconds. Man, why did it feel like it went seconds. so much longer? I don't yeah. know why it felt like that. Uh, it's it's the lack of the crowd. Yeah. It's the lack of the crowd. So there's no adrenaline going for us because we feed off the crowd watching at home just well, as much as the wrestlers a, probably do. Everything seems to go a little longer. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I no, mean, it makes sense I anyway, was, because I don't think anybody figured that Street Profits were going to lose anyway. I also didn't plan on it being over with by the time I no. got out of the bathroom. But anyways, uh, but, so uh, that's my rating is two flushes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> two flushes at a five. Two wipes with two but, uh, fly. What's the goal? Okay, so now that we might as well go into the next match then. The five pack challenge, I think that's what they called it. Knowing that uh, Dana Brooke was not in the match, 
now or something like oh, yeah. there's a five way elimination match between Bailey, um, Tamina, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Tami- uh, Tamina. I said Tamina already, and then uh, what's it called? Um, whoever, Lacey you know, Lacey Evans, Naomi, and, and Lacey Evans. Uh, I'm blanking on You're the other person. Boy. Why am I blanking on Naomi. the other person? I, I'm well. I'm Naomi, right damn! It. That's why, why couldn't I, was I even fucking remember? Yeah, her name. Naomi. What the fuck? Like one of the main thing because you can't feel the glow, Josh. That I thought was cool about this match was the team bad little thing that they did, like a little bit into the match, where they all got together and then they punched each other. I forgot who got punched though, but uh, I think it was Tamina Sasha. was the one that threw the first punch. Yeah, but I thought that they punched Sasha first. I think she or some did shit. punch Sasha first because Sasha went on but, her uh, right. But I think the main person, mostly because I think she's gar- hot garbage, and I, I and being that with all respect, because I mean I uh, I would probably suck if I was wrestling. <laughs> but like, and Tamina is just god awful. Like I've always thought her promo skills are bad and her wrestling's bad. Or let's say her wrestling ain't super like bad, but like they shouldn't give her her dad's finisher the slash off the top rope if she can't fucking do it right. Every time, whenever I see her jump off the top rope, she always lands awkward, and it seems like she slams her knees into the person's face or like into their throat or some shit. She never lands it just right. Just give her a different finisher. But uh, once again, I already figured she was going to be the first one out, and then she was. And I like the fact that I mean, that everybody ganged, her feet, ganged up on her. It took four people to pick her out. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, at the same time, Nia Jax is so much better of a wrestler. Like, they've protected her a lot better than they have with Tamina. And I don't think that with how many years Tamina's been a wrestler, that they are ever going to change their mind and try to push her to the moon. Like they've been, and she's just been like the big person job. They take the microphone out of longest time. Well, I'm pretty far away from it. It just picks it up well. But um, uh, she's just been like the big girl botcher, or like uh, not botcher, but like the big girl jobber for them for the longest time. But uh. Like I, I definitely think that Bailey should have won. It would have been nice if like Sasha Banks, um, like sabotaged her in a way or like turned face like in this match or whatever. But it looks like they're gonna postpone on to that again. <sighs> but the right person won at the end. So like I think that it was like a two-and-a-half to three-star match just because it was good for what it was, but I already had a feeling that Bailey was going to win, so what about you, like, what about you, Joe? I uh, I really wanted to see some more interaction with the whole Bailey-Sasha storyline of being best friends. I think I think I would have liked to see either Sasha win or cost Bailey the match. One of the two. Um, and if I think if I was going to give it to anyone besides Sasha Banks, I would have given it to Lacey Evans because she's been the title picture for the while, for a while. Um, they, I don't, I feel bad because I like Naomi. She's very athletic. I actually don't hate Tamina because she's just 
a mom trying to raise her kids and working and earning money. So I can't hate on Tamina. Um, but I, I honestly thought as much as I like Tamina, I really think they should have swapped her out for Nia Jax just because Nia, I think it probably would have been a little bit better with Nia. They could have done still all the same stuff. This would have been a perfect opportunity to bring her back if she's ready to go and have her be in this match. Uh, Bailey winning is okay. I give it like two and a half stars if I'm going to go ahead and give my rating. I really think Sasha should have played more in the finish. I mean, she kind of did with the the backstabber, I guess is what she did. But I really think I really think there needs to be a rift between Bailey and Sasha. I think they're trying to plant the seeds, but I think they should have planted a little bit more of a seed. Either have Bailey lose it to Lacey or have Sasha turn on Bailey, take Bailey out and yeah. then beat Lacey or something along those lines. To give to like everyone wants to see Bailey versus Sasha Banks on the main roster, but the WWE won't give it to us. They're starting it and then they made him go to couples counseling, which was stupid. Like give the people the match what they want because in NXT they lit up the house and people loved it and people want to see them go on the main roster. So let them have their match. This would have and and I, that's my only complaint. Um, obviously Tamina was there to go out first. Uh, Naomi's there because she is. Uh, if you want, I don't know how they rank um, the women's wrestlers as far as like main event, mid card. Naomi is a main eventer for the women's division. Um, I guess kind of all of the women are, only because they they don't have a they don't have a mid card belt. Maybe because there's there, not enough there women could for that. Be a main but, uh, uh, a mid card belt if they wanted to. Because they got enough chicks, they could bring up some of them from NXT and do like a mid card belt. But but a lot of people are already like complaining that I, there's too many belts in WWE though. But still, well, I mean, if you did the if you did the mid card belt for the women, bring back the European title. That's not they're not doing anything with that unless uh, bring back the European title. But I, I at the end of the day, I mean, I'm. Wasn't totally upset that Bailey won, but I'd like to have seen something different to set up the next feud going forward. And that's my that's my biggest takeaway as as a storytelling device. I would have liked them to set up the next feud. So two and a half stars for me, and that's all I got to say all right. uh, about For me, that. it was a three because uh, what I liked about it was uh, everybody looked strong in the match. Uh, it. Basically, it set up the seeds of uh, Sasha and Bailey. Now, I'm a guy that personally likes long-term storytelling. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna sprinkle the seeds of some shit uh, and have it go on to the next few like Raws or something or SmackDown, I don't fucking know which one they're on. But basically, like, on SmackDown, yeah. it was the SmackDown yeah. Women's Championship. Yeah, I mean, like I said, my brain doesn't work. It's past Anyway, uh, but yeah, like sprinkle the seeds, water them a little bit, and then maybe down the line, like we see that Sasha's getting pissed at Bailey, and Bailey's like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "You wouldn't even have a belt if I didn't help you at WrestleMania." And then it becomes like a bigger thing. And then at one of the big four, like at SummerSlam, they should have 
They should have Bailey versus Sasha at SummerSlam. It'd be dope if they're gonna do anything. Just it, build. It. That's what they should do if they're building it right. But yeah. But yeah, three stars. Jeremy. No, he hasn't yet. Did Jeremy give his on this? Yeah, I'm waiting for my turn. It's your turn. I I know. Well, it's your turn. Uh, two I and asked. a half. <laughs> Um, I, as you guys all know, I do not like Bailey. I never have liked Bailey. I don't, and it's a combination. It's not just, <laughs> I don't feel that her wrestling ability is that great. I sure as heck don't think she's very good on the mic. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked that Sasha does not get pushed harder than she gets pushed. I I mean, I feel she's probably one of the best wrestlers in WWE, and I feel that even on the mic, she's not very, she's not terrible. So it's very interesting that they have her as kind of a lackey right now, and it might be due to the fact that she kind of spaced out there for after WrestleMania last year. But um, and she was kind of vocal on like supposedly on Twitter where she was like liking uh stuff on tweets from like uh the young bucks or some shit but i mean that's just like fucking rumors and shit then you just don't know if that like goes i know but sometimes it. you know sometimes i understand pissing people off but you know brock isn't one of the nicest people backstage and yeah yet they they push him like crazy and you'll hear things that he's the nicest person from certain people and then other people he's an asshole to so it's like yeah you know sasha you know, in her sabbatical liking tweets, I think they need to get over that. How is her performance in the ring and how is she on the mic? I mean, that's it's really, to me, the mo- one of the most important things in the organization, you would think, is how they get over. And like, But, you know, there's others that seem to get over that they don't push. And, and then they from, bury them. I mean, I mean, Braun's a perfect example. I mean, they were pushing him, and then all of a sudden they stopped, and it was like, well, I understand he got injured, but really what was any other reason you stopped pushing him when he came back? I mean, that that didn't make sense to me, and it, I feel the same way with Sasha. But And then Lacey, I think she they like her a lot, and I can see why, but I don't think her wrestling t- uh, is up to snuff yet. Tamina, I think, was just one of those throw-ins because they needed somebody else in yeah. the match right now. Otherwise, she wouldn't. Agree. And but I also don't agree that this was a place to bring Nia Jax back because I think that she she needs a build-up before just getting thrown into a championship match right away. Um. Uh. Anyways, but yeah, so two and a half is my rating, and uh, we can go on to the next thing, yeah. which was, you know. Well, uh, well, this one, uh, know that I got to talk about it. And to me, I don't think it's the same with everybody else in here, but like to me, it was my highlight of the whole entire card for WrestleMania, which was the Firefly Funhouse match between, I mean, it wasn't really like a match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. It was more like them taping a bunch of shit, and then it's just like, and then they were just like, okay, it's done. 
But like to me, I I'm just throwing it out my rating where I'm just gonna rate it at a five anyway, just because it was my favorite thing that was on there. Just out of like storyline wise, the way that they built up the whole match, how they built up the storyline, put everything on there, and explained like everything that was filmed, like explained the story about like what uh. What the heck? Bray Wyatt was going through. Somebody has the TV on. So I could tell that. But I mean, whatever. We could talk above it or whatever. But uh, definitely to me, it was my favorite part of the night just because the way that they told everything. Like the whole thing with uh, the where, like him coming out to. The ruthless ag- aggression version of John Cena at the beginning, and then it led to like where he was just like, "Oh yeah, this was your biggest failure, so uh, I gotta bring you back to this level." And then it went to the thugonomics version of Cena, and then it went to um, like their WrestleMania match. And then it started throwing in stuff from their promos that they were cutting the weeks beforehand. And then eventually John Cena disappeared. And then that was the end of it. I loved the whole thing. I don't think that everybody else thinks the same way as I do, but that's why I threw it out there and just... (laughs) So, uh, what about you, Jeremy? Uh... Actually, my rating is not as high as yours, but it's it, mine's four and a half. I I I feel that it was great, but I don't think it was as good as the Boneyard match from last night. But uh, the other reason I don't give it a five, um, which it was close, but the the issue I have is that I wonder what happens with Cena now like does he become like because in previous incarnations when the Fiend defeated somebody they come back as one of their old gimmicks so is Cena Cena going to do that or is he going away completely it kind of uh, pointed to the fact that he'd be gone but because the way he disappeared in the ring or will he come back as a heel? You know, because he never was in the NWO, but that was one of the things they kind of alluded to was that, you know, he made a heel turn. But so it'll, I think that's where it left it a little open. Like, I think, yeah. the, I think the current incarnation of Cena is gone. But something new is coming. But what he comes back as could be a thing for SmackDown on Friday. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, like, I think that it could be, like, a footnote for him not to be there anymore, but also at the same time, he could be a part-timer, and they could, like, because people have been wanting him to be healed for the longest time anyway. So, like, this could be a perfect way of, like, introducing him as a heel. Especially he was like, oh, yeah, you're the bully. You're not the hero. You're the bully at one point. 
And it would make sense if he was, was like, I am the bully. And then he would be a heel on wrestling and taking people down in like SummerSlam or whatever. So that would make sense to me. But yeah. All right. As for my rating, I can't really rate it because I saw the very beginning where John Cena went through the Firefly Funhouse door. And then I put my daughter to bed. And when I came back, John Cena was in the ring and then he disappeared. That's the only part of it I saw. (laughs) I can't really give it a rating. I give it four stars for what I saw because I missed some of this too because I had to step away for a second. It um, It was really good. It was more psychological than horror movie, even though it had horror elements in it. It was... It was interesting. I, I'm still processing it because it was so trippy. But uh, seeing all the different incarnations, when I came back, it was uh, the Saturday Night Made event. Part of it was going on. And then you saw Thugonomics, John Cena, who could only speak in rhyme. So that was interesting. It definitely had a different feel. I was afraid it was going to be like carbon copy, the Boneyard match or something similar, but it was completely different. So that's a good thing, but I, I'm still processing it to be honest with you, but I do give it four stars because it was really entertaining and it was really trippy and it was definitely something not expected. So I think was, that's it, why I give it a four star in, Joe, rating. It made me also think uh, of that it. Saturday night main event segment made me think about our other uh, podcast that we did and for space mutiny with all the riffs for, um, the name of writer because oh, yeah. they call him Johnny McLargemeat. Oh yeah, and, and, yeah. And it made me, <laughs> and it made me yeah, think of that. Did. And he's um, like doing the when act. that happens. So they mean to cut in, but I just thought of. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of David Ryder too. Uh, Bob Johnson is actually my favorite of the David Ryder names. Well, I mean, they yeah, called John Cena Johnny and stuff like that in the segment. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah when and he then was it was the, like he tarred his arms out so bad. Weight. That was fucking hilarious. He was like going for like a good couple of minutes. Yeah, and then he could lift his arms like, up. Anymore. Oh, shit, I can't yeah. move my arms. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, the way that, like, it had to have been from like Bray Wyatt pulling most of this stuff out. Be, like you're being more the creative person out of this because the way that it was set up together was just a lot better than I expected. I thought it was going to be House of Horrors type match and then it was just it fully exceeded my expectations for it. That's the only reason why I'm saying that anyway. But And then I guess might as well cut and go to the last match of the night anyway is the Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar match was thank God it was not that long but it's mostly because they do the same match with Brock Lesnar every time it's always like him doing an F5 like 12 times or like doing 18 German suplexes or whatever and then he turns pink like or like red a super red after the first German suplex and then they're like oh yeah he's a beast he's a beast but then he can't even fucking run around the ring for two minutes. But uh, uh, 
And then it takes, like, anybody that he goes against, it takes them, like, 12 times to do their finisher to put them down for, like, one time. And they do one finisher, doesn't put them down. You got to do it, like, at least, like, four times for you to go down. So, um, like, that's why, thank God, it wasn't that long. But at least the right person went over. And please, for fuck's sake, do not have Brock Lesnar on the TV for at least eight months and don't have him come in at Money in the Bank, hit another cameraman in the face, go up there and grab the Money in the Bank because I swear to God, I'm going to just flip my shit. (laughs) I give it zero stars (laughs) because it's the same match, the same match we've seen over and over again. One F5, two F5. How many F5s will Brock Lesnar give Drew McIntyre? One, two, three, four F5s. Uh, uh, uh. And then, and then Drew yeah, McIntyre does what, three four. or four leg more kicks. One, two, three, matches over. It, and and so, like, it, it was probably longer than the Goldberg match, but... <laughs> but it was still this. I, no, I'm giving it zero. This this match. I mean, it sucks because Drew McIntyre deserves his WrestleMania moment, and I'm glad he went over. Sick of Brock Lesnar. But I'm just really tired of Brock Lesnar. He is still considered a ratings draw because the ratings do go up when he's on the show on Raw, or and and so that's why he gets to stick around and do like get like millions of dollars to show up four times a year. Basically, he shows up at the four pay-per-views, uh, the four main ones, and either wins or puts over the next person. In this case, he was putting over Drew McIntyre, um, which Drew McIntyre deserves it. He's probably should have won it a year ago when they started pushing him really hard. They but, should have been pushing anybody other than um, Brock Lesnar. Zero stars. But they're like, oh, we got to get raining. So let's put Brock Lesnar as the champ. But then he's only there for like four days. I mean, I don't like Brock Lesnar, but I wasn't a fan of him even back in the Ruthless Aggression. The next thing, Brock Lesnar pissed me off too because it was like, it took it. Uh, they were pushing everybody. Like, they were pushing him to the moon, but then they weren't doing jack shit with anybody else. But that's for another time. Yeah, uh, I was going to say this match to me gets a solid one because I really like Drew McIntyre. I'm glad he's the champ now. And this may be just me talking, but I feel like because of the lead in to this match, and the way that it was actually performed, it made me feel like Paul Heyman told Brock Lesnar that basically Drew ain't shit. So Brock went in underprepared and got his ass beat. So I don't know if it's going to drive a wedge between Heyman and Lesnar, but one can only help. Probably not, <laughs> but yeah. Jeremy? Um, I'm going to give this a one and a half, and primarily based on just the fact that somebody beat Brock. Um, yeah, I know, right? Um, Fucking shit. But, but, you know, this kind of reminds me, like I said, Charlotte earlier. I would just like to see Charlotte lose a lot 
<laughs> um, I just want to see her lose a lot. I don't care to be um, just somebody. But but Brock's even worse to me. I mean, because he doesn't even wrestle. At least Charlotte put, wrestles for 25, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Brock wrestles and, for and, three and, and a half. When, and but exactly. on average, Brock wrestles three or four minutes. And Yeah. And so, then if you don't – and if he doesn't want to do any of your shit, he won't. Yeah, and that's – And he has to like – And you. he's rough in the ring. I've, I've talked yeah. about it before. He doesn't really hold – I mean, I remember when he punched John Cena and what uh, – I think he ended up with a black eye or something. I remember it swelled up. Whatever it was, swelled up really fast because I, I don't remember what yeah, match it I was. Remember, but. I remember the main one was when Braun Strowman like kicked him in the face and he cooked him a little bit too hard, so then he punched him in the face like two or three times. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get the whole receipt thing, like if you're like hitting somebody too hard thing or whatever, but like when you're being a dick, you don't have to like you like especially when you're a trained UFC fighter, you don't have to go over there and punch the dude legit in the face, right? You don't have to do any of that shit. It's like when you're trying to act like a big badass and rip a car door off the handle, right? And then fling it into the stands and it hits somebody in the face. That's just you being a dick. Mm-hmm. You going into the Money in the Bank match where you're dropping the ladder and it cracks a cameraman over the head, right? That's just being a dick. And I'm not going to want to watch you wrestle if you're being a dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially if you don't give a shit about doing a good match for anybody. Like Dean Ambrose, or well, other than John Moxley wanted to fucking do a five-star match with fucking Brock. And Brock wanted to do his match. So I don't give a shit about a dude that don't give a shit about anybody yeah, else. It's sports entertainment, dude. That's plain and simple. And, and the people that cheer him just boggle my mind, but that's beside the point. Like It seems like the only time that anybody gives a shit about Brock Lesnar is because, hey, he's putting somebody into German suplex and he's he's F5-ing somebody. Oh, my God, this is crazy. But honestly, I think overall for the WrestleMania card both nights, and I'm just going to go off stance and say I think it was actually better than I expected it would be based on the fact that there was no crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was totally expecting, you know, especially night two. I think night two kind of redempted what happened yesterday for the most part, or redeemed, I guess is probably the better word. Um, because most of the card last night was not very good. And then the Undertaker match kind of lifted it up. But then going into tonight, Tonight's matches yeah, made the overall all their yeah. best matches for the night. Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of redeemed itself and made it halfway decent. And but I think, you know, this might make some other items go forward in the way they do things. It'll be interesting how they film stuff for Raw right now because I'd do a lot of these segments like they did with Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it seems like it's going gonna be forward. a lot more experimental if they keep doing that. Just trying and to tweak the entertainment value. Because it could become more of a show for the time being instead of, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, instead of just mostly being wrestling focused. Well, and you yeah. notice if you've watched it recently, and I know I'm going kind of off-handed, but Raw and SmackDown have been kind of highlight shows recently. Like, it's been showing yeah. matches from the pay-per-views this year, and then there's a couple of segments because of nobody being there. Yeah, but you can kind of what to do. They can kind of do the same thing and pre-film these segments, right? And mm-hmm. then air them during the show. Yeah, even if so, it's just for specific people, like The Fiend and The Undertaker or whatever, even if it's mm-hmm. like... Or like doing more of the stuff, like especially with the uh, what they were doing this past SmackDown or whatever with the Mandy Rose like thing, it, how they were going like out it. there and then they showed the video where Sonya Deville was uh, the one that uh, did the sent the text or like whatever. the raw after SmackDown more of that or stuff. the raw after uh, the raw and the SmackDown after WrestleMania? It'll be interesting what happens this week. Yeah, because stuff normally happens or is typical for the raw after WrestleMania. Yeah, so and it'll set the tone for what's coming up next. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens tomorrow night. I, I think they've already filmed these things. So probably. Um, yeah, I think I think they did the Raw and Smack through Raw and SmackDown after Mania. It's after that that's in question yeah. due to state of Florida yeah. being shut down. So it'll be interesting. And I'm sure that it was probably easier for them to do it in their buildings anyway, like the performance center and stuff, because they could control that. Shit well, then Orlando there. shut down the performance Two. center, so that's kind of made that funky right now. Uh, yeah. But all right. Yeah, the performance centers, yeah, non-essential. Like most of the resorts and stuff are closed right now, um, being that I am in Orlando, near Orlando. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty desolate. Like usually even on a good day, I-4 is like the worst worst road ever. But when they started shutting things down, it was like smooth sailing, driving to and from work. So it's it's crazy. So to see what they're gonna do after this that? week, I guess we're gonna come, come together. together. Um, whoever. Right now, copyright on that. Copyright. Hey, I didn't. I didn't say it though. Jeez, I didn't do it. <laughs> so we're gonna probably have to. It's gonna have to edit out that. Uh, that show clip <laughs> um, <laughs> and right after it but it's going to be interesting to see what happens after next week just because everything is so uncertain um, Florida's on a lockdown it's not even a two week lockdown it's literally 30 days yeah. so through at least until April 30th uh, the governor not to get yeah. political really drug his well, feet on shutting down Florida anyway we can talk about this in another <laughs> We're all talking about uh, coronavirus instead of the wrestling stuff. But uh, all right. On that note, I'm just going to end the podcast here. If you guys want to, uh, we got all our Heart of Geek stuff where it's like in our Instagram, our website, uh, our YouTube channel and everything is the Heart of Geek. Same with our Twitch channel. And then um, I'm sure that in the details or whatever I could post anything else if we need to post but uh, thank you guys for listening 
And we will uh, talk to you guys in the next one, which I don't know for sure will be the Ring of Honor uh, New Japan show or not. But uh, I'm sure that we'll get uh, uh, talking about that. Either that or we'll do like a movie, like a wrestling movie, talking about Ready to Rumble or something. Like I'll figure something out. But for myself and everybody else, uh, say goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. people. <laughs> goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right.